Hello everyone, this is Ron Carthen coming up in episode 6 of Ron Nick's Rundown. Me, Nick, and our guest Chris Wallace will discuss the conference finals, a rumor about Carl Anthony Towns, and other topics. This is Ron Nick's Rundown. I gave you fair warning, beware. going on everybody this is episode six of ron and nick's rundown and yes i am joined again of course by nick carthen of course the co-host nick what's going on what's good man what are you doing at this moment right now i'm over here looking at my new collection of sneakers i just gathered you know <laughs> oh boy uh, you know my bread toes my katrinas mm. you know my shadows you know <laughs> tinkers yes. ovo packs <laughs> don't write too much Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess uh, definitely uh, before I get started, definitely want to say uh, definitely uh, I don't want to sound cliche, but, you know, you have to hear my thoughts and prayers, obviously, to everyone in Texas today. Uh, there's uh, the high school shooting, the 22nd school shooting this year, uh, which is just insane. I don't know how you can fix that, obviously, with tough security, but I, that's that. I'm not here to discuss that today. I just hope if, if you guys hear this, hopefully you guys will be in good spirits today. Um but with us uh, today, obviously, I guess uh, he's back with us. Well, he's really back with us because LeBron's down two games to zero. But <laughs> but, but no, he was the, you know, if you guys count him in episode one, he's back with us. Chris Wallace. Bro. Chris inspires you. Chris, how's it going? Man, it's going. I'm here. What's yes. up? <laughs> I'm well, just sipping on my bottle of water. I'm not looking at my shoes and, and bragging about all of my shoes. I have on one pair of shoes right now, so... <laughs> That's all I need. I'm good. <laughs> oh, it's nice. <laughs> but uh, uh, Chris, before you get started, you do have a conference that's going to be coming up in August, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I'll actually, I'm, I'm uh, the keynote speaker at the We Are One uh, Social Workers and School Counselors Conference in Wilmington in mm. August. And I'm also initiating the first ever Chris Inspires You Summer Service and Leadership Academy in Fayetteville, my hometown August 13th through the 17th. So mm. there's a lot of great things happening with Chris Inspires You right now. And for those who are interested in following me and, and supporting that initiative, you can visit chrisinspiresyou.com. Yes, and please, parents, if you can, please visit Chris Wallace. He'll definitely inspire your children to do great things. And I, what everybody needs right now, especially in these times, is inspiration. Absolutely. All right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Nick, you got anything else before I move on? What do you think of Chris's uh, edition? Start the show. Okay. <laughs> All right. But before I talk about, I talk about uh, the games coming up this weekend, I definitely got to talk about Carl Anthony Towns real quick. Oh, because there's some speculation going on today. Uh, I listened to it in the Zach Lowe podcast. Zach Lowe post podcast. Um, Carl Anthony Towns and, T and the T-Wolves are – the relationship's not going too well for what I'm hearing. And Brian, Brian Winhorst is – you know, this is all just speculation saying that it wouldn't be unheard of if he gets traded. So, uh, Nick, I'll start with you. What do you think of this news? Uh, Danny Ainge, get your draft picks ready. Oh, boy. <laughs> get your moves ready. Uh, it's, uh, I'm not too surprised. I mean, it's just the Timberwolves, you know, they was expected to do a lot, and Jimmy Butler got hurt, and he just skated 
into the uh, age five. Iowa State skated, came out to the last game with the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know Tom Thibodeau's have a history of uh, playing his players longer than needed. <laughs> right. <laughs> running them, running so them to the ground. That might have a part in it, too. And maybe he's just tired of the scene in Minnesota. I'm not mm. sure. Mm. You know what? Let, let me say this. Um, I think, okay, so here's what I think is happening with Carl Anthony Towns. First of all, and we talked about this before, Carl Anthony Towns is a generational talent, in my opinion. I think he's he's a foundational talent, I should say. He's saying he's a guy that you can build a team around. He's very young, athletic, can play. I mean, he he's the, you know, he can step out and hit the three. Like, he's the type of center that you want in today's NBA. And he, along with Andrew Wiggins, regressed this year. And I don't know that it had as much to do with, um, you know, with Tom Thibodeau playing them too much as it had to do with Jimmy Butler sort of coming in and becoming the quote-unquote leader of that team. I think I think Jimmy Butler's presence helped the Timberwolves in, in, in the fact that they, they became a better team. They became, you know, a team that, you know, you, you sort of have to, to prepare for. Uh, but I think it hurt Andrew Wiggins' development, and it hurt Carl Anthony Towns' development. And I think Carl Anthony Towns also regressed defensively. I, I felt like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins were such good defensive players, or had the ability to be such good defensive players, uh, that this year they sort of had to find themselves offensively and figure out where they fit in in that scheme and. And it just didn't really work out. And then when you think about them bringing in a Jeff Teague, you know, a, a shoot first point guard, mm-hmm. you know, who had to find his offense. And, and again, Jimmy Butler, who's a 20 to 22 point per game guy. And then you had Wiggins, who was dropping, what was he? He was averaging 23 a game last yes. year, right? 23 a game last year. And then Carl Anthony Towns was a 25 and 10 cat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, no pun intended. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you sort of had to figure out how all of that fit. And I think, while Jimmy Butler was a, a, a solid addition in the offseason, particularly what they gave up for him, mm-hmm. um, I think you have to sort of take a look at what you, what kind of team you want to build. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, he, he's a guy who's making max money, so he, he needs a bigger role. Mm-hmm. And Carl Anthony Towns, regardless of, of Jimmy Butler's presence there, I think Carl Anthony Towns is the guy that you have to build that team around, not Jimmy Butler. Right. I'm just saying, I, I think yeah, like Carl Anthony Towns is the future, not only in the NBA, but definitely for the franchise. Yeah, I'm I mean, just, he's a guy that's going to be there for the next 10 years. Yeah. You yeah, know, it, and if you burn bridges with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might as well kiss that franchise goodbye yeah. if you burn bridges with that guy. I mean, and plus he's an unrestricted free agent, but not excuse me, a restricted free agent next summer. So they're going to have to do something to make this dude happy. I mean, obviously with the pay he's getting paid right now, he, with his rookie contract. And with the money that everybody else is making right now, absolutely yeah. not. Oh, he's getting the Supermax deal. But here's something to, to also keep in mind. I believe Jimmy Butler's free agency sort of aligns with Carl Anthony Towns' restricted free agency. So if Jimmy Butler walks, then I don't know that you have an, unha- an unhappy Carl Anthony Towns. I think Carl Anthony Towns may not say this, but I think his unhappiness stems from the fact that you have a guy come in, you know, again, who's a veteran, who's an all-star, who just sort of – took over as the leader of the team. It's mm-hmm. like Jimmy Butler walked in there and said, this is my team. And and Carl Anthony Towns didn't necessarily push back because he didn't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, I feel that Carl Anthony Towns is a better player mm-hmm. and and he he should have 
he has work to do as a player in, in his development, of course, or whatever. But, you know, this guy comes off a season where he dropped 25 and 10, mm-hmm. and then he sort of regressed the way that he did. And Andrew yeah. Wiggins regressed the way that he did. Yes. You know, I think you got to point at Jimmy Butler. You know, and, and, and Jimmy Butler kind of came in and disrupted what they had going on in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams want to win so bad right now that you're not thinking about the future. And this, I know we're not talking about the Lakers. And right. you, listen, guys, I'm a Lakers fan, <laughs> all right? But all it's right. the same. It's mm-hmm. the same deal with with bringing LeBron James to LA. I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you break up this young core? Right. You know, saying so, to bring in a 34 year old LeBron. You know, saying who we can clearly see that his athlete, his athleticism is in decline. Mm-hmm. Um, his he comes with he he's the greatest player of his generation, right? Right. But he comes with a certain amount of baggage. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has to sort of have control over personnel moves, mm-hmm. and he stunts the growth of younger guys, and he doesn't have the patience. Right. And you have a young core with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and Kuzma. Like, you don't want to disrupt that by bringing in a LeBron. I mean, bring in – I'm for bringing in Paul George. I'm right. for trading for Kawhi Leonard if you don't have to give up much to get them. Mm. But those guys are in their mid to late 20s. Like, right. they still – I mean, you're still looking at five, seven, eight years of those guys as opposed to LeBron where you're looking at three or four years maybe left mm-hmm. of LeBron James. So, But yeah. anyways, back to the original point. I think right. Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins – have to be the focus of what Minnesota is trying to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, one last thing before uh, I move to these conference finals. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy, and Jimmy Butler, but Andrew Wiggins, you know, I'm sorry. You know, Cat <laughs> <laughs> just ain't living up to the hype right now, in my opinion. No, I get, I get what you're saying, but again, like really think about why he's not living up to the hype. I think him and Jimmy Butler essentially play the, the same position. Like, I mean, although they had, you know, they had uh, Butler at the two and, and Andrew Wiggins at the three, they're both wings. They both have, you know, similar builds uh, in a sense. Their games are somewhat similar. Um, you know, it, it was kind of hard for Andrew Wiggins to sort of find where he fit. You know what I'm saying? The same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. Both of those guys regressed considerably this year, mm-hmm. although the team performed better. Mm-hmm. I, I just think uh, Andrew Wiggins before he even got there wasn't the uh... – doing enough in my personal opinion. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a great player. I just think on that team he wasn't doing enough. He's not a great player. You mm. said it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good physical NBA player. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and move on here to the conference finals. Yeah, but Because uh, we're going to start one for coming up Saturday. Woo. Game three. Yeah, the Cavs. It's a, well, I think for Celtics it's a must win. Everyone's a must win, but obviously for the Cavs it's a must win. It is game three of the Cavs and the Celtics in Cleveland with the Cavs down 0-2. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you. You're the one who made the prediction that the Celtics were going to win this series in six games. I'm sure you're feeling good about yourself. Um, <laughs> talk about uh, what have you what have you seen so far that, have, that has made the Celtics completely fantastic? Well, I told you, Brad Stevens coaching, man. He, uh, he, he got the boys ready. For those Cavaliers, which, you know, in my, in my opinion, really didn't take too much besides let LeBron do work and watch everybody else uh, perish. They those kids perish. And just do your work. I mean, Brad Stevens got the boys believing in everything and his coaching system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys are playing, like I said, uh, above expectations for them. For this year, especially with his two star players gone, mm-hmm. 
And I still think it's going to be, you know, Celtics in six. Uh, and they might be earlier than that. We'll see come Saturday. If they win game three, it's a wrap. Yeah. 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 LeBron, as Michael Rappaport said, we leaving in the darkness of the night. <laughs> 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 like, like, like when them boys went, like them boys went to Baltimore left uh, <laughs> football. Yeah. Pack the truck up, moving. Yeah. Move to LA and somewhere into that nature, somewhere. Probably the rest of his career. All right, Chris, same question with you about the Celtics. What do you think? Yeah, man. Listen, I'll tell you this. I'm uh, I'm a bit surprised because I did have the Cavs winning this series Mm -hmm. uh, and and seeing Cleveland and and Golden State Part 4. But I think this sort of aligns with what I have been saying to you guys like for the last couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, actually, for the last couple of months, I've been saying that I truly believe that LeBron James is like, he, he's looking hard at his legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, if I lose in the finals again, that's six losses. That mm-hmm. means that I'm one of three players, you know, with six losses. And how could I ever be in the GOAT conversation with that many losses in the finals? Mm-hmm. And Stephen A. Smith just said, well, two or three days ago, <laughs> he said exactly what I've been saying for months. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, he feels like LeBron James, because I heard LeBron say something really interesting in a, in a, a post-game press conference in the finals last year, or mm-hmm. was the year before last, when he said something about, you know, it's, you know, sometimes I feel like it's not even worth it getting to the finals and losing, you know? Like, yeah. why even get there? And yeah. so when he said that, I was like, oh, man, his mentality is mixed up. It's, it's all screwed up. Like, no yeah. no winner, no champion has that mentality. Like, you mm-hmm. want to compete. You know, if you get there, you, you feel like you always have a chance to win, even if you realistically don't have a chance to win. But to the Cavs-Celtics series, I, I, I do believe you when I say – I mean, I, when you say that uh, – this is this is a must win for for Cleveland. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't go down 3-0. Yeah. But I think that this is really more of a must win for Boston because if Boston Boston has to bury Cleveland, like mm-hmm. what what Indiana didn't do. Yeah. But Indiana had Got a chance it. to put their foot on the necks of of Cleveland and they missed their opportunities. But mm-hmm. Boston, if they can somehow go to Cleveland and win Game Three of this series, I think you snatch the soul out of the Cavaliers. Yeah. Like and 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 game four sort of becomes of a cere- becomes a ceremonial, you know, goodbye for LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know, Cleveland is preparing for LeBron to leave because I, I think I think there's a hundred and seventy five percent chance that he's leaving. <laughs> you know? Um I you know there's there's no chance that he stays in Cleveland uh this year. They have the eighth pick in the draft, which is not necessarily a desirable pick. Yeah. Um. Uh, but beyond that, that team is just his, his mind. He, and LeBron won't say it, but he knows where he's going. Yeah. And I think we all know that he's going to L.A. Whether mm. it's, it's to be a Clipper <laughs> or it's to be a Laker. Um. Yeah. He'll he'll be on one of those teams. But I think Boston, only if they win Game Three, they win this series in five. Yes. Mm. And I think Cleveland is. I can't necessarily see LeBron being swept. Yeah by a team like that. But, you know, Nick, you're right, man. Brad Stevens coaching, like, dude, that, first of all, let's go back to his college days. He took Butler to the national title game two yes. years in a row. Yes. You know, and, like, people forget about that, that he took that Butler team to a title game. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way that he's been able to, you know, scheme and get these guys playing hard and, 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 and you know, sort of above their necessary uh, level of play – um, Jason Tatum, he's much better than I thought. Yes. Jalen Brown, 
is yeah. much better than I thought. Terry mm-hmm. Rogier. Now we've been talking about Terry Rogier for like a year. Yes. But Terry Rogier is special, man. And the big elephant in the room here is if Boston gets to the finals without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, bruh, they're expendable. You yes. see, in my opinion, <laughs> I think you sign Terry Rogier because he's cheaper. Yep. And you trade Gordon Hayward, you know, and 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 maybe dangle Kyrie if you're if you're attempting to get an Anthony Davis, you mm-hmm. know, or a Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Or, as you just mentioned, Ryan, there's an unhappy Carl Anthony Towns right now. Yes. <laughs> and you think Minnesota might not look at, you know what, maybe we should get Kyrie. Or maybe we can get Gordon Hayward. Or we get them in a the package deal for a Carl Anthony Towns. If I'm Boston, I do the deal. Mm. Especially when I see the way that these guys are playing without Kyrie and without Gordon Hayward. And I, I see Jason Tatum becoming a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick, your response to that before I talk about a certain player who's been a good X Factor for the Celtics. Yeah, I agree with all that he just said about the, the, if they make it to the finals and they, without Kyrie, without Gordon tell you and the thing is like what we're not talking about is bringing Kyrie Irving who's a 25 point per game guy and Gordon Hayward is who, who's a 20 point per game guy you're sort of taking the ball out of Jason uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's hands like and those guys have been playing at a level that that I again I, I didn't expect that I think Jason Tatum is on the verge of, of superstardom mm-hmm. you know and um, you know you bring Kyrie back you sort of move Jason Tatum back into a, you know, what's he, a, a third scorer at that point when you bring Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back? Mm-hmm. And that's not him or whatever. I think that guy has proven that he's a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. And so how will that affect him when Kyrie comes back on the court? And 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 here's what we not mentioned. Maybe Kyrie Irving and maybe Gordon Hayward are damaged goods at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, uh, hey, you got to pull the Danny Ainge fleece. <laughs> you know, and, and you know Danny Ainge is sitting there taking a look at them knees and, and, and that ankle and saying, you know, I just got rid of Isaiah Thomas and mm-hmm. you know, I I've been known to uh, to fleece a few teams and I, I can see Danny Ainge, you know, pulling off a, a trade to get a Carl Anthony Towns or an Anthony Davis or a Kawhi Leonard and mm-hmm. giving up a Kyrie or a Gordon Hayward and not thinking twice about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something right now. The X, I think Al Horford has been fantastic. Al Horford has been balling. Yes. Okay? Yes, yes sir. And J.R. Smith tried to take him out in game two. Yeah. That was a flagrant two. He I don't care be, what anyone he says. He should be ejected oh, for, yeah. for game three. Yeah. I don't understand how J.R. Smith is even playing. Again, if that were LeBron James and he were pushed by Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart, we already know what would have happened. He would have been suspended for oh, a game. I'm telling you, man. It just—it does blow my mind that J.R. Smith is uh, is playing this game. It's just—it's yeah. it, it's ridiculous. You, you never do that. You never push nobody in the in midair. Right, and then blah 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 about it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I'm I'm just gonna go back to Al Horford before I lose it yeah. <laughs> about J.R. Smith. But I just like now, he, now, 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 mind you, if they lose game three. 
Yeah, going out swinging game four. Oh, yeah. No, no, oh, yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. How terrible were they, though? They have, I mean, Kyle Corver and, not Kyle Corver, excuse me, J.L. and George Hill. Absolutely nothing. They bring nothing to the table. They're not the only ones, but they have brought nothing. Don't George have a team option next year, right? For $20 million. Oh, God. No, 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 no. It's not a team option. It's a player option. He's not turning down $20 million, sir. Gotta get rid of him. Uh, I guess uh, somebody look into that. Right? Yeah, yeah, look into I, that. It's a player option, homie. Twenty I, million dollars. Cavs got yeah. The Cavs need to do something about that first that first pick. Address the point guard position, or get another big. Like, there's a young big out there, like Michael Porter Jr. But I tell you one big that I'm just gonna say it now. Miles Bridges from Michigan State. He's not a big. But he's good enough. He's a good forward. They can play in a power forward or a small forward position. Miles Bridges. He can do yeah, that. He, he's, he's <laughs> they just have his measurements. He's six five and a half. You know, he, he I, I like him as a college player, and, and he was well coached, obviously with Tom Izzo. I'm a yes. big Tom Izzo fan. Um, but yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess you can't go wrong there. I mean, we were going through some of the drafts, some of the worst drafts in NBA history. Last night, and and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> oh, I know what I don't tell you what draft I looked up. I looked at the 2013 draft. Oh, that, because that draft. When, they, when they mentioned when when Giannis was number 15. Oh yeah, man. And then I <laughs> I, I read some of the names. I said, "Good lord!" Right. And right. then there was other teams. I'm kind of glad because Portland passed up on Giannis for CJ McCollum. Listen, man. I just imagine him and Damian Lillard. Oh man. The same, the same Listen, squad. Listen, a lot of teams passed up on Giannis though. You know, the I mean, is. no no one no one saw Giannis <laughs> becoming this Giannis. You know, yeah. and in fact. The the guy who made Giannis this Giannis is Jason Kidd, and like yeah. no one's gonna give him credit for that because Jason Kidd. I remember late in that season, like two years ago, Jason Kidd said, "I'm gonna put the ball in your hands, and you're gonna be my point forward for the yeah. last what 15 to 20 games of the season." Mm-hmm. And we were like, "Oh God, like yeah. this dude, who is this guy?" <laughs> you know, we knew Giannis was good, like he was a developing player, but he became like a monster. <laughs> and like I, I I keep saying, Giannis is like a year away and a half a jump shot away from becoming the league's best player. Yes, period. He is. Uh, period. There's a period at the end of that sentence. There's no question mark. There's no dot, dot, dot. There's a period at the end of that sentence. Hey, let me tell you the names. Anthony Bennett was the number one pick in that draft. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, <laughs> we were laughing about that last night, right? Yes, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we were just talking about that draft. Oh, man. The worst number one pick. One of the worst number one picks in history. Oh, yeah, we, and we were talking about Kwame Brown as well. He's the worst. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> Michael McCandy. Uh, yeah, I guess. He lasted longer than that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And Kwame Brown. Like I said, Kwame Brown. But Kwame Brown did play, what, like 10 years in the league or something? Yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't all. He was bad, but he wasn't, you know, he was serviceable. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Michael Bennett. I don't, did, did Michael Bennett even last his rookie contract? <laughs> yeah, oh man. Michael, uh, Anthony Bennett, man. He just. Ah. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, what I'm saying. Anthony Bennett, he, he, he ain't even serving. He ain't serving uh, in, in the G League right now, is he? No, I don't even know. To be quite honest, I have not. Yes, bagging groceries at Walmart. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my God. But yeah, here, but yeah, man. But I tell you, that's, a, that's gonna be a huge game tomorrow, though. Yeah, obviously they're all huge games. But I'm telling you, Celtics and the Cavs definitely get ready for that game. Um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be in prime time. You will watch because of, first of all, LeBron. You're gonna, you, you guys are gonna be ready for LeBron slander. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking, talking about everyone on the internet. If he somehow loses this game, 
But I'm telling you right now, yeah, the Celtics have done such a great job. Their depth has been good. I, I, I really, huh? We'll see. I would ask what the Cavs need to do. It's quite simple. What the Cavs need to do. Everybody else need to step up. Win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's like it's it's the obvious. It's the obvious. It's the pretty much the obvious thing to say. Hey man, you got to have your star player. Okay, listen. We know that LeBron's been doing his thing right, putting up numbers. It's great to put up numbers, but I I watch the games just as hard as you guys do, and I don't see effort on the defensive end no. from anyone God. on Cleveland's roster, and that starts with LeBron James. Like, mm-hmm. LeBron James, you know, if, if you're the leader of that team and you're in a conversation to be the GOAT and you have this reputation of, of being a, a guy who can play defense – you got to step up to the challenge, man. And there were plays that these guys circled where LeBron's just chilling on the wing and he's looking at plays happening. He's kind of throwing up his hands like, whose rotation is that? That was your rotation, LeBron. Right. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, and, and then if you look at the game very closely, like he's, and I've been mentioning this, he's taking a, a ton of jumpers, mm-hmm. you know, and like he's not even driving hard to the hole. Like, I mean, he's, there, there may be five or six, hard drives to the hole that I've seen in the first two games, like yeah. each game or whatever. And I'm like, something's weird here. And again, it sort of kind of backs the theory that maybe he really doesn't want to win because he knows that that butt-whooping, I almost cussed, is that <laughs> that butt-whooping awaits him in the NBA Finals, whether it's Houston or whether it's Golden State. There's yeah, it, Oh, it's going to be a slaughter. I don't care who it is or whatever. It's going to be... You know, a gentleman's sweet, and, 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 and that can't hurt. That that can't help his legacy. Yeah, most definitely. They, uh, yeah, they, at the Cleveland uh, salary right now. They're capped now. Twenty million this year, nineteen next year, and eighteen year after that. Oh. <laughs> Tristan Thompson, sixteen this year, yep, seventeen God. next year, eighteen year. Oh. Yeah. Jr. Thirteen this year, yep. fourteen. Oh, you just keep driving the knife deeper. Because they want to make changes. Yep, Brian just chucked them deuces up. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure LeBron has looked at those salaries and be like, you know what, man, damn this. <laughs> <laughs> it is gracious. Yeah, uh, but yeah, guys, uh, tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, excuse me, Saturday, definitely Cavs hosting the Celtics game three is going to be huge. Now, this next one, I don't know how much longer this series is going to be. Uh, could be a fun one. It could be a, it could be shorter, maybe than expected. But yes. Warriors and Rockets are both tied, one one. Go ahead and say something crazy, <laughs> so, bro. Well, I'm not gonna say anything crazy. I'm just saying, I'm just asking a question. How do you guys see this play out? That's not a crazy question. Let me take this one first. Will, will you, Nick? Can I take this one first? Can I take this one first? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dubs and five, as I've been saying, <laughs> and I'm telling you right now. Okay, so so I, I'll put this caveat in there. Steph Curry. And, and I've mentioned this, and, and as we say that, you know, there's Steph Curry on the screen. Mm-hmm. But Steph Curry, something, something's wrong. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, some people say maybe he's not in game shape. You know, I see a different Steph Curry running up and down the court. First of all, Houston is, like, picking on him. Yeah. Like, they're running him in that screen action every single play. Yep. You know, and, like, my thing is, okay, so this is how you counter that. Mm-hmm. 
run James Harden in the same screen action on the other end every single play. <laughs> I've never seen a defensive player worse than James Harden yeah, ever yeah, in my right. life. Yes. And so if you run that screen action, you make him work. You're saying you you sort of like say, you know what? Okay, so we're going to play this game of chicken. And so you want to keep running this screen action with my with, with my guy Steph Curry? We still have we can still unleash Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. They can mm-hmm. they can hold off the load or handle off the load for us, yeah. which Kevin Durant has done. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wear James Harden now, who's going to carry that load? You can't expect Chris Paul to drop 20, 30, 40 every. It's not going to happen. Right. And, and y'all, I know y'all saw this. Chris Paul was limping real, you know, uh, real pretty heavily uh, yeah. uh, in game two or whatever. And they yeah. said it was his Achilles or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's that's the thing, man. Two things, two two things or whatever. Um, first of which. Golden State just has to get back to playing their brand of basketball, moving the ball, because they went iso ball a lot in game two, and that's just not how they play. And, like, Klay Thompson didn't show up. Draymond, he didn't show up. Steph, you know, saying he's he's been struggling. Mm. Um, The other thing is there's no way in hell that P.J. Tucker – and Trevor Ariza are going to go 16 for 19 combined again, yeah. score 41 points, hit, uh, what, eight of nine three-pointers. Like, there's no way that's happening. P.J. Tucker yeah. dropped 22 points on eight of nine shooting, right? Right. He might score 22 points the rest of the series, yeah. you know? And so that's not happening again. And so everyone who's looking at this saying, oh, yeah, the Rockets are going to blow the Warriors out and – the Warriors are in trouble. I'm ever reading that, and I'm like, what? The Warriors are in trouble. Yo, they won two out of the three last, two out of the the last three titles. They know yes. how to win. Yes. And so they're gonna come back in Game Three, and I have something tells me that Steph Curry is gonna have one of those explosions at some point. So and Clay Thompson. Yes. Like you're saying, if they keep getting, because they were getting open looks, it wasn't like their shots were all contested. And they were, I mean, they were just missing some open looks that they yes. normally hit. Yes. And so if if Clay erupts or Steph erupts and they hit 10 threes in game three or game mm-hmm. four, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a Stephen Curry, a, a, a breakout game is coming oh, here yeah. at home yeah, oh, at yeah. some point, either either game three or game four. I keep saying it before and I'll say it again. When Durant, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry are pretty much on point, and when Draymond Green makes those impact plays, it's really the most diabolical team, a uh, diabolical thing to watch. Yeah. In any sport. Oh, yeah. It's diabolical, and it's unfair. It is totally – listen, <laughs> man, them guys, they, they built they, they built their team, you know, in, in that way. And everyone in the NBA is trying to emulate what Golden State has done. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, everyone says, oh, that uh, it was it was D'Antoni who started this small ball, blah, blah, blah. No, it was Draymond Green being able to effectively play the five as well as he does. Yes. That's sort of starting this. So now teams are looking and saying, you know – Shoot, I guess we can start someone who's six eight or six nine at center, you know, saying and deploy this lineup similar to what Golden State deploys. I mean, because when you look at it, um, Houston's best lineup in Game Two was when they put PJ Tucker at the five. Yep. PJ Tucker is what six five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they put PJ Tucker at the five and had Ariza and Harden and Chris Paul and 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 just a bunch of wings out there, you know, and that's what the NBA has moved to, whatever. So Houston essentially played Golden State's game against them. Yeah. And Steve Kerr is a smart enough coach where he's gonna go back and I'm sure he's going to adjust in Game Three. And I I, I sense that they're going to go and take the ball out of, out of James Harden's hands. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Say it again. I was gonna say you. I was gonna say that's a that's gonna be tough. How to? No. So <laughs> you can take you you can you can you can sort of disguise your trap. You can trap and then get back to your guy or whatever. But you can't leave, um, you know, Curry out on the island like that. You mm. know, for the entire game. Like again, I know that it. 
you know, it, it, it wears on James Harden as well. But, you know, Curry's legs sort of are getting taken uh, from underneath him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, again, we watch – like, we all watch, like, these little interesting details throughout the game, and we're not there sitting on the court, obviously. But, like, when you can look at things on the screen, they are bumping and elbowing. Mm-hmm. Steph, when he comes off screens, they are running him through screens. Yeah. Like, that dude is <laughs> – you know, he getting pushed around, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, I mean, Steph Curry ain't a real big dude. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they bumping him and, and bruising him. And so he, he's he got to be able to lay off that. But, no, like I, I think Golden State, you run those those doubles at heart and get the ball out of his hands, then get back to your man or whatever. I mean, you don't want to leave – um, uh, Eric Gordon, you know, open, you know, on, on the top of the key, or PJ Tucker in the corners. That's where Golden State was making their mistakes. They were leaving those type of guys open or whatever. Now other guys, you know, uh, Luke by Mute or wherever you say it, however you say it, you, you know right. what? Take, take a three. I don't care. Take as yeah. many threes as you want. Even Chris Paul. Chris yeah. Paul will hit a three, right? Mm-hmm. But I'd rather have Chris Paul taking threes. You know, which, which he's not necessarily used to, to launching five, six, seven, eight, ten threes a game, as opposed to having Ariza and PJ Tucker in the corners and yeah. Eric Gordon, you know, you know, at the top of the key. Yep, absolutely. Nick, what's your thoughts of this uh, series so far? Uh, I just think you know it was a little nerve wracking to see you know the Rockets go off, but like you said, I don't see. You know, much as I like PJ Tuck the sneaker game, I don't see him dropping twenty two points, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what does a sneaker game have to do? Wait, the series, yeah, but not in the game. <laughs> um, as Shaq would like to say to others, um, <laughs> I just don't see the others pulling it off like that. They're gonna have to play like that three more times. Sixty eight points. Sixty eight points between Gordon, Ariza, and PJ Tucker. Yeah. Sixty eight. combustible one man like he's the guy that will hit 10 12 threes in the game and like just break your heart break your spirit yeah. and like i keep you know and, and people are yeah again i read these articles where they're talking about uh you know golden state might be in trouble yo they went and accomplished what they were supposed to accomplish they mm-hmm. got a split they don't have home court advantage right houston does yes. and they went and took game one and I think they, you know, they sort of kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit in game two. And yeah, Houston played better and they hit shots. They hit, what, 16 or 18 threes out of 40. I mean, yeah. hit almost 50% of their threes. Again, that's mm-hmm. not typical in the NBA game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like you, you can't really sustain that kind of play. Yeah. You know, and, and so I don't expect to see that in game three. Game. I really think that Golden State is going to whoop the Rockets in game three and game four to send a message. I think that Houston has gotten their attention Mm -hmm. and they're going to go back to Houston up three games to one, you know, with the chance to close it out in Houston in game five. All right, Nick, last thing. You want to say anything else, Nick, before I move on? Nah, the boys about to get cooked, man. The boys about to get cooked, man. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but let's, let's talk about a couple more things real quick. But yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing. Warriors, I think, are definitely gonna take it. How many, how many games, Ryan? Uh, I'll go six. I'll go six. Okay. I don't think it'll be three in a row. I'll just go six. Um, I think they'll end it in Golden State. 
or Oakland or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. We'll roll with that. Yes. But real quickly, let's talk about some other things real quick. Um, the Panthers have a new owner, David Tepper, um, hedge fund manager. Yeah, let me hold a dollar. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and the, the Panthers were sold for $2.275 billion. With a B. Yes. <laughs> and he paid with he paid it $2.2 billion cash. Straight cash, homie. All right. You know what I'm In the words, in the voice of Randy Moss. Yes. So what are y'all thoughts about that? Nick, I'll start with you first as far as the Panthers owner. First of all, Cat has got two point two billion dollars sitting on <laughs> <laughs> Cash, I, I mean, we all knew it was coming that it was gonna switch ownership from you know, at, especially towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I just hope things going keep going in the right direction. I mean, we just don't know what this, the the new owner's gonna do yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna do all right. I mean. It's not too much, you know, he can mess up at this moment, but, you know, we can take it a basketball and go to Brooklyn. He was so desperate to get a winning team that he's All right, so and Chris, obviously you've been around the organization um, for a few years, several years. Uh, you I'm going to say, events are in there? Yep. And, uh, there, and that, you know, some relationships there. And absolutely. What do you think this ownership will do for this franchise? Um, I, I think it's great. You know, I mean, again, <laughs> I sort of echo what Nick says, man. 2.75, what, 2.275 <laughs> billion? It's just laying around. I'm sitting here counting the $2.75 I have in my pocket. You know? <laughs> you know, shoot, man. Like, But, no, I think it's um, – you, you know, with with what happened um, in, in Carolina and what you know the direction that the organization is moving, um, it's great, man. And, and and you know, you you hope that there's you know great return from uh, that investment that they're making uh, and that he's making in that organization. So um, it, it's a good deal, a good move. I mean, gosh, man, two. I, I'm still stuck on the two point two seven five <laughs> billion dollars. Mm-mm-mm. But you know, hey man, I can't get a pick two at McDonald's. He got two points. Right. <laughs> I'm like man, like I gotta pay. What you mean I gotta pay mortgage again? <laughs> what you mean the lights gotta be paid every month? <laughs> man, wow. Yeah, but a couple of things here. The owners obviously will have to approve next week in that owners meeting. He definitely has to sell his minority stake with the Steelers. And also, uh, pretty much, um, I think that's pretty much all the points I have. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it, you know, so. Let's move to one last thing, and that's sports gambling. Nick, this is definitely the most, uh, probably the best news you've heard this week. Sports yes. ga- sports gambling can now be legalized everywhere in the country as long as, it, but it's up to the states to decide if they want to put, have it in place. Mm-hmm. And there are some things already. I know the NFL is kind of sort of against it, pretty much against it. NBA would love to have it, but there's got to be, they want some, you know, obviously these leagues want fees, some gambling fees. Obviously, they, you know, they're worried about the integrity of the game. Mm-hmm. The NCAA um, pretty much this week announced that they are going to temporarily have championship games where states are betted on. So, in other words, yes, they had a policy that they didn't want to play anywhere that that gambling is legal. But now, say they want to play somewhere like in Las Vegas in the Final Four, mm-hmm. they can do that. What? Yes, Nick. Yes, Nick. Yes. <laughs> don't and don't get don't. Kids in Vegas? Yes, yes, man. Listen. Yes. Listen, for an entire weekend. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Championship games might start looking ugly. Yes, but you know it's you know it's we got a few years though when that goes down. Yeah. But Nick, just to talk about it in general because there are I think believe 43 casinos. There are a few states already in place that want to do it. New Jersey, Connecticut, West Virginia, Mississippi. They already got rules in place. And New Jersey, they're going to start at Mammoth Mammoth Park in a couple of weeks. So just let me know, Nick. What are your thoughts on sports gambling now? Can be legalized. Across the uh, you know, I, I like that. You know, <laughs> I like the sports scale. Like, you know, I play on uh, DraftKings and, and uh, FanDuel and uh, Caesars and all those sports books. Yeah. You know, so I play on all that. You know, I play on all that. So I with your DraftKings, you don't, you always call in and asking people for advice well, who you listen, should play. Man, listen, man, I've won before on DraftKings. So yes, man, you you yes, you have. Yes, you have. I'll let you go and get you to say before we wrap this up. Yeah, man. I, well, you said I think I'll, I'll take it from a, a different angle or whatever. Obviously, we hear we all hear Nick's excitement. Yeah, you, know, you know that's that's unquestioned, and Nick is excited about this. You said, but there is some concern I, I would say about the integrity of the game. Mm. You know, and like what that means. You know, moving forward, like I mean, what. You know, somewhere Pete Rose is saying to himself, man, damn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, you know, this is this is going to be interesting to see what happens over the, you know, at, at least the first, you know, two, three, four years of, uh, of this, you know, like where I mean, can you visibly see, you know, the, the integrity of the games being compromised? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you visibly see, you know, uh, players just sort of. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. are they being influenced by the gambling that's taking place? And so, again, I mean, I, I'd like to see that uh, before making any judgments about how successful uh, this could potentially be. But I think it's, I guess, at least you know, on the surface, you know, this is a boom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a really good uh, opportunity uh, for, you know, for guys like Nick, <laughs> which there are many of, uh, and, and the leagues themselves or whatever. So, but, again, I, I think time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great for the across the country. I definitely plan if if I know how to bet, as far as uh, 
looking at the over-unders and all that stuff, I definitely will get involved. I definitely would like to be one of those guys sitting on a couch all day looking at those screens and making mm-hmm. sure if I can win some money. Right, right. <laughs> I definitely plan on doing that for sure. Uh, anybody got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, you buy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, you got anything? Well, man, listen. You know, what I'm saying we're yeah, this this is uh, we're entering a good time of year. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying where we have the NBA's Eastern and Western Conference Finals, we have yes. the NBA Draft, yeah. you know, coming up soon. Mm-hmm. We have NFL training camps about to begin in, yes. in, in a month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is we have baseball about to heat up in the summer. How about so the Braves? This, Hey man, listen. <laughs> you know, right, finally. You know what I'm saying? It took a while, man. Took like it kind of like takes me back to the nineties, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When we when we were balling, only walked away with one title though. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that team, man, listen, they, they should have had about four or five titles in, in the right. Bobby Cox era. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, this is a good time of year. So uh, looking forward to uh the 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 dubs waxing the Rockets and and seeing what comes of that Boston Cleveland series because again I still I still feel in my heart of hearts that Cleveland's going to win that series uh, <laughs> and this is the only time in my life where I've rooted for LeBron James to win so mm-hmm. that he can get that ass kicking that awaits him in the finals <laughs> um, and he's losing <laughs> that's all I have folks excuse the language I got a few things number one uh, I know I didn't talk about the Bucks. Hiring their new coach by Buttonholzer. I don't think that's going to improve much for the Bucks. <laughs> they just found a guy with some uh, coaching experience. And I I mean, I don't know how much that's going to improve Giannis or how that, how much better it's going to be for the for the Bucks. But Bucks, good squad, good group. I don't know if they're going to be a, a playoff, not playoff caliber. I don't know if they're going to be a championship team anytime soon. I don't see that happening. But it is what it is. They got their coach, simple as that. And number two, another spring event that we forgot, the World Cup is coming up soon, June 14th, <laughs> oh, without man. the United States. <laughs> so that's going to be very – it is embarrassing. I don't know. I'm still am trying to I'm, – I'm still trying to forgive them. I, I haven't forgiven no. USA yet for that. I'm going to Trump. I don't care if you want to. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, hey, oh. if Obama was in office, he'd be blamed, right? <laughs> <laughs> And one tiny little thing, the WNBA season has started. Yeah. And I'm looking right now at the Mercury and the Wings. Uh, guys, the WNBA is definitely growing. There are definitely some good players out there. Uh, Diana Taurasi, man. That Diana, chick can – Diana Taurasi. What? She's, what? Been a, she's been in the league for a long time. Oh, I was about to say, she good, can ball, man. She's one time. of the best players in the league. Yeah, she has been there and for Maya a Moore. Long, long time. Yes, oh. Maya Moore. Yes, the Lynx. Once again, we'll definitely be seeing them. They, play, they open the season against the Sparks on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, so that, it was going to be, I mean, like I said, just support these ladies. WNBA Finals ratings went up 14% last year during that WNBA Finals. But I'm just saying, the, the game is growing. Asia Wilson, never going to see what she's going to do with the Vegas uh, Aces. I believe that's the team out in Vegas <laughs> this year. So let's definitely support them as much as you can this summer. I know it's, uh, they're much stronger sports out there, but let's, see, but let's just try to support them as much as we can this summer. But all right, episode six is in the books. Chris Wallace, thank you for joining me, sir. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate that. Anytime. And Nick, um, I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure you're ready to uh, rip apart the Cavs. 
<laughs> if they are eliminated, and I'm sure you're ready to gloat. I'm, I'm sure you're ready to gloat when the Celtics win the series, if they do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Ron Carthen, uh signing off here. Thank you all for listening, and see you all next time for Ron and Nick's Rundown.